Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Grand Lighthouse Coffee. Grand Lighthouse Coffee is the e-commerce business that sells certified organic fair trade coffee, either whole bean or grinded. Chemicals do not touch the beans, and the farmers who grow the green coffee are paid and treated fairly. Coffee beans are made to order so you will get freshly roasted beans no later than seven days after being roasted. Grand Lighthouse also provides memberships for families and businesses depending on how much coffee you purchase per month. For more information and updates, follow, like them on Instagram, Facebook at Grand Lighthouse Coffee or visit their website at GrandLighthouseCoffee.com and don't forget to use your promo code EastWest to get 10% off. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports app for player props. This is how it works. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over-under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Make sure you use promo code EASTWEST when you sign up and you'll receive an instant deposit match up to $50 on your first deposit of at least $20. Download Thrive Fantasy from the App Store, Google Play Store, or by visiting their website, thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Scouts over relied on heavily when evaluating talent. Teams should be drafting for the future and not just immediate needs. It all starts with the quarterback position. Thank you for listening to the East-West Football Podcast with Jerry Martinez, Kendall Whitley, and now here is your host, Fidel Barraza. Jones has 98 of them. Play fake here, though. Rodgers going for it all, looking to break it open. He's got it! Lazard! Gonna go! Touchdown! Jackson stays in the block. Jackson fires, and that will be intercepted in the end zone by Johnson. Karen Johnson! And only Jackson can stop him now. Too late to the end zone. Touchdown. Thomas, you see the total yards in the game, second and eight. Breeze throws, and he's picked by Devin White. Another turnover, and White picks his way down the sideline. Thank you for listening to the East-West Football Podcast. I am your host, Fidel Barraza. Kendo, Jerry, how are you guys doing? What's going on, man? 
Wow. I mean, who was who would who was to say that we're finally at the right to the end? We're literally three weeks away from the Super Bowl. What a week. Wow. I mean, this week is flying by as it is. And then, I mean, by the time we know it, it's Sunday, it's conference championship time. On tonight's podcast, we'll have NFL free agent quarterback D'Angelo Fulford, and we will give you our picks for championship Sunday. But first, let's talk about divisional weekend in the NFL. We saw the Packers beat the Rams 32-18, to Buffalo beating Baltimore 17-3, the Browns losing to the Chiefs 17-22 with Chad Henne at quarterback after Patrick Mahomes was diagnosed with a concussion, and also... Tampa Bay going into New Orleans and beating the Saints 30-20. What looks to be Drew Brees' last game in the NFL. What are you guys' thoughts on the games? I want to talk about the Green Bay and the Rams game. That was a pretty good game. Well, you, I guess you could say that, but Green Bay got off to a hot start. They kind of kept it. I mean, the Rams, they tried to come back there in the end, but they really couldn't. And Aaron Rodgers just, you know, he torched that Ram defense up. I mean, there's, I mean, there's, there's need no more to say anything else about that. It was just Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers. Devontae Adams, he didn't have the biggest game, but we didn't see him and Ramsey matched up a, a bunch of times. But I think I mean, it was a pretty good game. And I mean, a lot of, I, I picked, I'd be first. I know I was wrong. I thought the Rams were going to win it, but hey, Green Bay won it. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to mention that you were wrong on that on your pick for the Rams and the uh, Rams and Packers. But hey, look, um, Jared Goff, I mean, a lot of people were expecting him to kind of play bad and. He wasn't the reason why they lost. Uh, obviously, Aaron Donald was not completely healthy. He played some snaps in the game. Uh, but, look, Green Bay was just a little bit more dominant, and they kind of took over the game at the end. Yeah, I, I mean, we, we've said it in the past, right? I think that if Sean McVay did not get it, the, the lead early, then most certainly uh, you, you, can't leave, you can't leave the game at the end to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is going to be Aaron Rodgers, and he will pull out – all the heroics that he needs to to seal the deal. So, I mean, I think that you guys both hit some key points there. Yeah, I, I will say, though, that I am impressed with, with Cam Akers, and I think the Rams finally uh, they found their number one running back of the future. I think you're absolutely right on that one, Fidel. I mean, he's a super bright kid. All right, and then the nightcap on Saturday. Uh, Baltimore Ravens at the Buffalo Bills. Now, this was a defensive struggle in the first half. Uh, we saw a little bit of offense at the end. Uh, final score was 3-17. to 17. Obviously, Lamar Jackson gets hurt towards the end of the game. He's got a concussion. Uh, can't play in the game. They get an undrafted rookie in there, and they kind of kept it close. But at the end, Josh Allen and the Bills are going to the AFC Championship game. Well, I don't think they was going to win that game if Lamar hadn't got hurt because he wasn't playing that good. I mean, he was missing wide up in throws. He wasn't reading the field that good. Yeah, I went. If I was going for Baltimore, I thought they'd, you know, I thought they'd make a few plays there in the end to win, but they didn't. It was it's crazy because on the first drive they were running the heck out the ball and they was getting some big time yard. I thought they were gonna stick with it, but um, you know the Buffalo, the, the Buffalo, the Buffalo defense took it over and you know, they just they they won it for them. The Buffalo defense won that game. It wasn't the offense. It was the Buffalo defense. Kudos to Jerry. He was the only one last week out of you know me, Kendall, Isaac, and Walter to pick Buffalo to win. So hey, kudos to you, Jerry. Congratulations you on your pick. I just I just want to say this on uh, on the air that uh, Kendall was nowhere to be. Seen. Oh yeah, hey yeah, Heard. real real quick. He didn't he didn't answer our phone calls, our text messages. He didn't join us on the Sunday, Sunday pregame show. Nothing. He was nowhere to be found. I was but, I was the same I was the same place when Baltimore shut down their hearing. I was looking for you guys, and y'all didn't really have an explanation. No, no I, I was on the chat. Come on, I, I, was, I, was <laughs> I responded back. But like, yeah, I will. We I will. Even, we even. No, we're not because you got two. You got two wrong. But anyways, no, that's all. It, it's all fun and games here. But no, I just, I just thought that was kind of funny, right? That, that uh, it, it got so funny that my my family heard me rooting on for the Bills, right? And going Bills Mafia, that they actually ordered me a T-shirt and I got it in the mail. So get best believe that I am going to be rooting for Bill's Mafia come Sunday. The only thing I, you're missing I, now is a table. You need to I, buy a table. Oh, man. just to One of those folding tables. Exactly. Yeah, just in case somebody, they win. Slam somebody right through it. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. So, when you guys catch me, catches on on uh, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, and Twitter, I will be representing my champion, uh, Bill, Bill's uh, shirt. So, uh, go Bill's Mafia. So, look, Jerry, before 
before Sunday, you have to go get the table. You have to light it on fire. You have to get on top of the car, and then you have to jump through it, and you'll officially be part of Bill's Mafia. Oh, man. But, hey, hold on a minute. Don't they drink a lot of beer? Hey, you already got that part covered. So you, <laughs> the, the beer the beer part's already covered. <laughs> I'm talking about afterwards, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, no, but, no, I mean, going reflecting back, look, the thing is, is this is what it comes down to is you can only count – Lamar did – Lamar did what Kendall said he was going to do in that in the in the, in the previous game, right? He put the team on his shoulders and he did what was best. But what I noticed in the in the actual game was he kept on throwing the same pass over and over and over again. And the X factor for the Bills is uh, um, Traymon uh, Edmonds, and I think that with his coverage ability and everything that he can do for you as your, on your defense. I think that he was able to neutralize a lot of that. And uh, for some odd reason, you know, I don't see Lamar making those throws and those tight windows that, that, you know, every quarterback should be able to do. It looks like he wants to kind of continuously drive the ball to Mark Andrews, which is always the same route. And the bills picked up on it and they even took that one to the house and then it broke a record, right? 101 yards for a touchdown. So, you know, going back to it, uh, that that's why I said that, you know, if you could, if the Bills could just get off to an early start, get the ball to Stephon Diggs, right, um, and 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 of course the defense just kind of hold hold up, that they'll be able to pull this this win off. Now the only reason I'm really going with the Bills Mafia on right now is because there's a lot of uncertainty right now with uh, Patrick Mahomes concussion and I believe a toe. So yeah, yeah, let's get into it. So Sunday's first game was the Cleveland Browns at the Kansas City Chiefs. Final score in this one: Browns seventeen. Chiefs 22. Now, again, going back to what Jared was saying about Patrick Mahomes. So early in the game, he did suffer what it what it looked like to be a toe injury. I want to say on his left foot. Uh, but later on in the third quarter, I believe it was, he took a hit and um, he was out of the game with a concussion. Um, look, the Browns kept it close. I mean, there was a huge call. Um, I want to say it was in the second quarter. Browns are driving. They were actually going to score their touchdown, but the ball was fumbled and went in the back of the end zone, and it was called a touchback. Hey, talking about missed opportunities and beating yourself, the Browns did that numerous times. I mean, they just couldn't. Every time every, every time it looked like the Browns were going to take over and try to come back and win the game, they just kept shooting themselves shoot, in the foot. You know, whether it's drop passes by Nick Chubb, the fumble in the, in the, um, in the end zone by the well, – I forgot which Robert was it Higgins? I forgot which wide receiver it was. Yeah, Higgins. I mean, I mean, they just kept shooting themselves in the foot. But then they did have a chance there in the end to win the game when Mahomes got hurt because they couldn't. They couldn't start it off as while Mahomes on the field. The Chiefs didn't even punt. And then um, Chad Haney he gets in the game. He throws a pig. And then I mean, you just knew. I just knew it was too good to be true for the Browns to win that game in Kansas City and advance to the AFC Championship. I just knew at some point Andy Reid was going to draw something for Chad Haney, and hey, it, they that's how they won the game. The first time played Tyree Hill. Um, Travis Kelsey, he was magnificent. Tyree Hill had a pretty pretty good game. And the Chiefs, I mean, they're just a deep team, and these, these guys are fast. So it's gonna be tough for anybody for the um, for anybody to beat them. But yeah, that, that was, that's my that's my outlook on the game. That's what that's, that's my take on it. Yeah, I mean, what what can I add to what Kendall just said? I mean, honestly, I mean, the Chiefs, it's very hard to count them out as long as Patrick Mahomes is there. Even even when he wasn't there, they were able to continue on and and. Uh, you know, get their playmakers involved, right? And I think that the thing is with the Chiefs is they have a pretty stout defense. They have a good leader in Tyron Matthew. Uh, I think that he's the quarterback of that defense right now. And I think that if anything, if, if even if even if Patrick Mahomes is not 100% or let's just say he does not play, I think that this still is going to be a uh, – they're going to give Bills a uh, run for the money come Sunday. Yeah, I mean, that's the question hey, but, of the week. But But real quick. Great year for the Cleveland Browns, man. I'm glad that they were able to get into the playoffs and get into the second part of the playoffs too. Yeah, and you know what? Baker Mayfield played great. Yeah, he, he really did. He made some great throws. Uh, you know, he had some drop, some drop balls that his receivers could have helped him out with. But to me, Baker Mayfield looks like the quarterback of the future for the Cleveland Browns. For sure. All right, and Sunday's finale: the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New Orleans Saints. Tampa went in there, and this game was kind of close for a while. But Tampa Bay's defense was able to, you know, have some key turnovers. 
and the Buccaneers were were able to get the victory 30 to 20. And what it looks like, Drew Brees' last game in the NFL. Man, I, what I tell you, you knew at some point the ball was going to bounce in the, into the favor of the, of the Buccaneers. And, you know, um, the Saints, it's tough to beat any team three straight times in the same season. Saints, they got the better of the Bucs the first two games of the year. Week one, I think the second year was week nine. But nevertheless, I mean, Tampa, they came out, they had a great game plan. And if you look at it, the Saints really technically only scored like, I mean, they scored a couple times, but really, and they had, they got some great field position drive. They had two punt returns, where one of them got them almost, um, got them like into the red zone. The second punt return was brought back. So it was tough for Drew Brees and the Saints offense to drive the ball down the field. Mike Thomas, he had a goose egg on the, on the board, on the stat sheet. Nothing, nothing, zero all across. And the Carlton Davis and um, Sean Murphy Branching, I believe it's the corner, they, they, did, they did a pretty good job on him. Um, Devin White, he, he was a, played a pretty good game. Um, Jason, Pierre, Jason Pierre Paul was pretty good. Dom Kansu, they had both defense played great. And what they did was they played a lot of cover two men, a lot of tight coverages, and they and they stopped the Saints from – they made you reach throw the ball on the outside. So they, they kind of – they really took away him throwing a short pass to Kamara and Mike Thomas and everybody else. But they they, they, and they condensed the field and they forced you reach to throw on the outside. He couldn't push the ball in the field. Tom Brady wasn't great, but he was enough. You know, Antonio Brown, Chris Gall, and Mike Evans, they did they they did they had less than what probably like 80 yards combined. They didn't they didn't do much. It was Scotty Miller, the unsung hero, unsung hero, Scotty Miller. Um Ronald Jones had a couple big runs. Leonard Fournette catching the catching the ball. Who thought we would say that? But um and Cameron Brake had a pretty good game too. Ronald Kowski, he had a few plays here and there. But I think Tampa, they did they made the plays when they needed to make them and they picked off Drew Brees what three times. And I, I was watching the game, it could have been more than that. Because Drew Brees, it was it was a bad game for Brees. But um, um, overall, I just think, you know, Drew Brees, a good career. I believe he's done. He said he's not going to close. I mean, what I'm hearing, he's not closing the door on it. But um, I believe he's I believe he's done right now. And we have, we'll see where the Saints go from here. But um, congrats to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers again to the AFC Championship, for the NFC Championship game. I learned a very important lesson. Do not count out the greatest of all time. And that's Tom Brady. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, hey, you know, I did pick the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to make it to the Super Bowl and win it. Hey, we're almost there. We'll yeah. see if that prediction uh, becomes reality. Uh, also, to some head coaching news. So, after the Saints and Buccaneers game, uh, it came out that Dan Campbell, their tight end coach, uh, is going to be the new head coach of the Detroit Lions. And it looks like he got a six-year deal. That's a big commitment. I love it, man. I absolutely love it. I think that he's going to have that Mike Brayroll type of bravado. He's going to bring he's going to bring this great leadership and understanding to the game. I mean, you're talking about, you know, a true coach who did it the right way. He played in the league for many years and then he transitioned to becoming a coach and he worked his way up and he's seen all types of different types of defensive schemes because he's been under one roof, right? And that's been that Houdet Nation. And uh, I think that now he's full circle. And I think if you look at it, it's similar to Mike Vrabel and his passion and his um, his passion for the game and the way the way he can prep his team up. I think that this is going to be – it's going to be an actually one of those under-the-radar signings as far as head coaching-wise goes. It's a pretty good signing for the uh, pretty good hiring for the uh, Detroit Lions. They got rid of Matt Patricia. Then they now they got bring in Dan Campbell, Dan Campbell, formerly of the New Orleans Saints and the Miami Dolphins and a few other teams. I think Dan Campbell. I think he's going to be pretty good in Detroit. I think um I love I, I think when he took over for Joe Philbin a few years ago, a few years back, we with the Dolphins. He he let I mean the, the Dolphins were still bad, but he I think you can see the fight in that team. So I like Dan. I, I love I think I like I love the Dan Campbell hiring. So I think it's really going to do some good in Detroit. I think it's going to take a few years to build that team back up. I mean, I think Stafford, I think he'll, he's on his way out. They might trade him this offseason or cut him or something. It'd be interesting. To see what, I mean, who knows what they would do in Detroit. I think um, I think their problems are bigger than just Dan Kim. I think it's the ownership of the team that needs some tweaking. They need to get new ownership there in Detroit. And just looking at them from, you know, from, a, from a scheme and just like personnel, I mean – they got, I mean, the court, the running back position. I mean, you got, you got, you got um, DeAndre Swift there. You got, a, you got your receivers. All your receivers are free agents. Marvin Jones, Galladay, and Denny Amendola. All three of those are free agents. Um, they got the tight end there, TJ Hawkinson. You got something to build around there. The defense is not bad, but it's not good. 
something that's kind of right there every day. They, and then you drafted Jeff Okuda this past season. What did he do for you this year? So I think they got to get a good piece on defense, get the offense back right. And I think Detroit, they're in a, in a tough division too. Because Minnesota, they're going to be better. Uh, I think Minnesota, they're a lot better than what they showed this year. Green Bay, you know that Rodgers ain't going nowhere no time soon. And then Chicago, that defense. And they get the, Chicago just a quarterback away from being a playoff, another playoff team. So I think Detroit, they're in a tough division. So I think they're a few years away from competing and getting back to just just winning, just getting into playoffs and getting into some big, some big time games. Yeah, I mean, but, go ahead, Jerry. I was going to just say, I mean, because the general manager that they got is from the Rams. And if you notice, the Rams have been able to put, put together a superstar team out of scratch almost. And then when they had to blow it up, they were able to put them put together a freaking good team. And I think it's important to uh, to mention also that the Rams had kind of did it without draft picks, right? Because they, they gave mm-hmm. up a lot to You're trade up to, right. to draft Jared Goff. Um, you know, Dan Campbell's going to have his work cut out for him. So best of luck to him and the Detroit Lions. They have they have a lot of work to do. Uh, also, the Los Angeles Chargers hired uh, former defensive coordinator of the Los Angeles Rams, Brandon Staley, to be their new head coach as well. What would you guys make of the move? And I'm gonna, I'll go first. I thought that, uh, I thought, I mean, they did, they went, I, from what it looked like, they gave everybody a, an opportunity out there, right? To, to kind of, uh, they, they followed the Rooney rule and whatnot. I thought that from everybody, I really thought they were gonna go Brian DeBall, which is the offensive coordinator for the, uh, Bills. But if anything, I think that what they saw was they saw some, they, they, what they saw was a defensive coordinator, but a defensive minded coach that was at the same level as Sean McVay. So I think you're just trying to see what I'm, what you're starting to see in the league is more of a ripple effect of more, uh, more teams trying to bank on that Sean McVay experience, right? Uh, a la Cincinnati Bengals with Zach Taylor. Now you got Brandon Staley. Now I know St- St- uh, I know he only has one year with the Rams, but look at all the adjustments he was able to make on the fly. Like Sean, like Sean McVay does during in-game scenarios and during week to week they're able to, to do this on the fly so we'll see we'll see how it goes i know the gm uh per uh tom paracello i think that are some anyways he knows how to build he's been building this team the right way as long as they get the right offensive coordinator in place and a defensive coordinator i'm pretty sure they'll be fine but we'll see it's a very interesting pick and hopefully it's not a, another bad sean mcveigh experience gone bad I love I love this hire for the Chargers. They got a defensive coach. Um, I just I think Anthony Lane, who's offensive coach, running back, former running back coach from Buffalo Bills. But I love the hire for the Chargers. I think I think they're on the they got some pieces there. They got talent offense. They just they can't stay healthy. They just always they just can't stay healthy. They can't finish a game. I think the Chargers. I think they. I, I don't. I mean, I don't know too much about the, the hire by Staley or whatnot. But he did a good year first year with the Rams as their, as their, as their defensive coordinator. And that Rams team played with us. They played, they were energized all year. They played with, with a lot of energy, a lot of enthuse. So I think um, I think it's a good hire for the Chargers. Got a young guy up in there. And let's see, just see where the Chargers go from here. They, another team, they're in a tough division too with the Raiders and the Chiefs. And, you know, you got the, the Broncos, you know, who knows where they're going to be. But I think the Chargers, I mean, I think if they if they can tweak a few things and close out some games and stay healthy, I think they could be in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, everyone thought that they were going to go with an offensive uh, head coach, uh, Brian Dayball, uh, offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. I mean, that's the name that we kept on hearing, right, that he was going to get the job. And then out of nowhere, that they do this hiring. So we'll see. Uh, a lot of things for the Chargers still left to, left to see what happens with the, some of the players that they have on the contract uh, for next year. Speaking of the Chargers, former Chargers quarterback and more uh, recently of the Indianapolis Colts, Phillip Rivers, uh, decided to retire today after 17 seasons in the NFL. Oh, Philip Rivers, man, one of my favorites. He went to NC State right up the street from my house. I mean, oh, it's I'm gonna miss Philip Rivers. Just his fiery on the field. He always fussing with the defensive linemen and the linebackers. I mean, Philip Rivers was a funny. He was a good one, man. I just you know he always had that unorthodox throwing motion. So it just I mean, that's one of them. It's the thing I'm gonna that I'm gonna remember about Philip Rivers. He played with a torn ACL. Like he and you know he wanted. I think he he played the Colts when he tore. I think he missed his ACL that game. And then the next week they lost to the Patriots and whatnot. And I just remember Billy Bowley coming in for Rivers that year against the um Colts and finishing the game. And the Chargers the Chargers beat the Colts in Indianapolis that year. 
But um, I'm a, I'm a miss Philip Rivers. I've, I've I've always been a big time Philip Rivers fan just because you know he went to NC State right here in North Carolina, and I just wish the best for him. I think he's gonna be coaching now. I think is that I think he's gonna be coaching in Florida somewhere. Is it Alabama? Alabama? Alabama. Okay, yeah, he's gonna be coaching Alabama now. It's something he he's like this was in the mates before the season um before the season was started. So I mean I think it's it's great Philip Rivers, and I just wish him the best in his future. And like, like I mean Kendall hit a lot of key points. I mean. One of the most fiery competitors, never said a bad word, right? Uh, uh, I mean, just a unique personality, made football fun. Uh, but what, what, like, like, how ironic, right? Drew Brees and Philip Rivers both, San Diego Chargers at, at one time, San Diego Chargers at one time are both heading off into the sunset at the same time. Crazy. Yeah, and now he can finally focus on uh... – you know, being all with the family now. Yeah, father, he's got like 10 kids, right? 10 or 11 kids, some, something like that, right? Yeah, last I checked, there was eight. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he's had any more since then. Yeah. Hey, well, well good for Philip Rivers. I mean, I think he's going to be a future Hall of Famer. Uh, one hell of a career. And best, best of yeah, luck to him. sure. Coming up next. We will talk to NFL free agent quarterback D'Angelo Fulford. But first, a word from our sponsor. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Gran Leyenda Tequila. This tequila knows there's no substitute for a great taste. This award-winning and organic tequila is handcrafted and comes in four different flavors. Gran Leyenda takes great pride introducing the world to organic tequilas that do not compromise quality. To learn more, visit GranLeyendaTequila.com. Gran Leyenda, the official tequila of the East-West Football Podcast. Must be 21 and older to enjoy. Please drink responsibly. And now we'll take a look here at D'Angelo Fulford. And that is utterly ridiculous. 49 to 3. You can't do that in your backyard. Never mind when people are trying to beat you. And you look, he's the highest rated quarterback in Division 3. Almost 70% completion. That shows his accuracy because he throws the ball down the field quite a bit. Clean pocket. He'll step up and he's in trouble. It gets away. D'Angelo Fulford has a first down, down the sideline, one man to beat, Harrington with a great block, and Fulford is in for a touchdown. Our guest tonight is an NFL free agent quarterback, D'Angelo Fulford. How are you doing? I'm doing good. You? Great. Hey, welcome to the East-West Football Podcast. Appreciate you coming thank you, thank you. on. No, I appreciate you for having me. All right, D'Angelo, let's get started. Let's uh, go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience. Who is D'Angelo Fulford? Uh, so D'Angelo Fulford, um, you know, 6'2", 220 pounds. I'm out of sunny South Florida, uh, born and raised there. Um, I went to University of Mountain Union, uh, straight out of high school, uh, Division Three powerhouse. Um, ended up setting the NCAA record for passing efficiency in the season uh, with 230.1, uh, regardless of division and career passing efficiency, 206 in a career. Um I mean, just a guy that I, I just love football, man. And, you know, that's the thing. That's the thing with D3 guys is, you know, we're constantly trying to prove ourselves to, uh, you know, when we're playing against these bigger guys and stuff. And it's like showing, hey, you know, there's talent at these small schools. Um, and I've always been a fighter. I kind of never really had a straight path anywhere. So um, just kind of enjoying the opportunity and, you know, going with the flow with everything so far. Um as far as school-wise and, and, and just stats-wise, um, I had 134 passing touchdowns in four or three and a half years of starting uh, and only 13 interceptions. I don't like to turn the ball over too much. Um, I had 50 passing touchdowns, five interceptions. As a sophomore, won the national championship that year. My junior year, 37 and six, um, and I was playing through a torn ligament in my ankle. Same surgery as Tua. Um, bounced back from it actually in two months. I was from surgery. I was running and doing ladder drills, which is the normal recovery times is usually six months. Um, and then my senior season, I uh, was 43 and two, 43 passing touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, 
and lost my last game 59-52 in a shootout uh, with North Central, who went on to win the national championship. Um, set the NCAA record for yards, total yards in a uh, playoff game, had 688 um, total yards, 549 passing, 139 rushing, six TDs. Um, but yeah, man, just the, the, I went out like that and, you know, went out guns blazing. So, you know, I, I know I got a lot of football left in me as far as going to the next level. I was class of 2020. So I came out in that draft and, you know, I don't, I hate blaming it all on COVID, but really and truly, like I had a lot of opportunities cut short, um, went from being called on draft day and, you know, told was, Hey, we're going in a different direction, but you know, still, still interested in you as a prospect, still want to bring you in for rookie minicamp, things like that. And have four teams, you know, I had Cowboys, Colts, Titans, and Cardinals. And it was like, you know, we're interested in you, but you know, with, we've got to see with rookie minicamp, what's going to happen. And then COVID wiped out all of that. And, you know, I feel for a lot of the small school guys, cause there's a lot of talent, just not, not just me, but everywhere in the country where, you know, guys opportunities got cut short and, you know, it's crazy stat of like 80% of the league is, is from, uh, from rounds four and up, I believe from rounds four, five, six, seven and undrafted guys. So, um, yeah, man, I'm just waiting on my opportunity, waiting to show somebody what I'm what I'm capable of. And I know once I get that opportunity, I won't fumble it. Yeah, I mean, with the pandemic, obviously it's making life difficult for everyone, right? I mean, a lot of opportunities kind of going away or being paused. How are you staying ready during this pandemic for the call? So initially it started off, um, again, this is in 2020. So I did my draft prep up in Indianapolis, Fishers, Indianapolis, uh, Fishers Indiana. Um I was there from January to March. I had my pro day March 3rd at, uh, what was it, University of Ohio. And I'm sorry, Miami, Ohio. And, um, you know, I had a great pro day. I think I threw about 60 passes, only missed four of them. Um, you know, all my, 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 my running and all that stuff, my 40 and all that stuff checked out. And then, it was like I was supposed to do another one at Toledo and then that got canceled because it was later in the month. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to at least get a pro day, get out in front of scouts, have those interviews. Um, and then I came back home and it was like, all right, train, stay ready until the draft. Well, while I was doing that. I was training with um, Geno Smith. Who, that's like big brother to me because he's Miramar alumni, which is my high school. Um, and then we had A.B. Thad Lewis was our, our quarterback coach. He's now the quarterback coach for the Bucks. Um, and yeah, just stayed ready with them. Literally was with Gino until his last day before he left for camp. And I mean, doing everything, waking up at 5 a.m. to be in the gym at 545, start at 6 a.m. for our lifts, getting out before everybody was even up, um, you know, watching film where we could uh, and then getting on the field and just throwing and, and staying ready. Uh, that's kind of the blessing of being in South Florida. I, I got an abundance of receivers and guys that want to that want to win and, and want to uh, just get better. So um, along with those guys is like Goldfeet. So well, he's known as Goldfeet, Tevin Allen, um, or everybody calls him T.A. Uh, throwing with those guys. And now oh, I'm sorry. So pretty much stayed that route all the way through, you know, even when draft day came and, you know, and all that stuff, it was like, it hurt, but that next morning I was in the gym and it's like, I've never been the type to really stay down about things. Never been the type to, I mean, I, it, I could go on about my, my past and my history and stuff in like high school and, and college and what I went through. But it's like, I've always taught you got a 24 hour rule to be sad about things. And it's like, you can be sad about something in that day. And then the next day you got to move on. And, and, you know, the clock hits midnight, you know, what's your next plan? How are you moving forward from this? How are you learning from this? So I've always kept that in mind. I learned that in my freshman year of high school and um, it kind of carried over into this, um, especially with <clears throat> especially with this pandemic. And, you know, I'm fortunate enough. My family's been safe. Um, no, we haven't lost anyone to it. But, you know, I have felt the ripple effect, just like a lot of other people uh, just trying to get trying to get back to some type of normal. Um, been get uh, like I said the, with the pandemic and you know them canceling minicamp. It was basically I was told is like if you didn't get drafted this year, this year was a wash for you. And I mean I didn't at first didn't really know how to take it. Um, 
all I know how to, all I really know how to do is work. So that's what I did. I stayed training. I lift four days a week. I throw at least three times. Um, fast forwarding into the new year, you know, I had been again still working with Goldfeed and stuff because Gino and them are obviously in season. And I get a text one day from Oliver Bozeman, who's another quarterback coach down here. And he's like, hey, you need to hit up these guys at HOA. They need quarterbacks. And HOA is owned by Brandon Marshall. Um, they got some best facilities. The honest, I think the best facility I, I've ever been to. Um, and it's like, like I said, it's a $5 million facility. They have everything you could ever need in their weight room, personal trainers, hot tub, cold tub, uh, high altitude rooms, the whole nine. It's insane. And, um, but we go out every Tuesday and Friday and I'm throwing to the top guys in this year's draft, like the 2021 draft. So, um, you know, I'm just, like I said, just taking advantage of the opportunities that I've been given. And, you know, that's kind of how I've been staying ready. Yeah. Coach Hugh Jackson had some tremendous, uh, things to say about you, that you're a great <laughs> young man and, uh, and whatnot. So I appreciate your time. Thank you. No, thank you. Hey, appreciate you coming on D'Angelo. How's it going? It's going good, man. You? Hey, pretty good, man. Hey, I'm living, I'm breathing. That's all. That's all. That's all. That's all you can ask for right now. Hey, um, I want to ask you, like, I, as as I was going through your tape, you, I mean, you got, you have an arm. You got a cannon of of arm. Like, I mean, who who's somebody in the league right now, or just in college, or what? Somebody, it could be somebody. I know a, a, a future, like in the past, that played. You know, I don't anybody. But who's in, who's somebody that you look up to, and that you that you that you model that you model your game after? So going into college, it was Marcus Mariota. Like that was my favorite college quarterback. Um, just someone that could be a pocket passer, but also run when he needed to. And I, I think my, like, I had never seen someone throw for like 45 touchdowns in a season. I was like, you can do that. And then to go into school and, and I was able to do the same thing and just have such a high, like football IQ and, and knowing what guys were doing before the, the snap. And I really studied him, um, NFL-wise, it'd definitely be Russell Wilson off-rip just because similar background, obviously light-skinned, six-foot quarterback. So I, I was already getting the Russell comparisons in high school and stuff. Um, Pat Mahomes and Rodgers, I, I love how they're able to throw off different platforms and use different arm angles. And if you watch my tape, you'll see a lot of the same thing. And you know what's crazy is a lot of people are like, man, like that's so wild and stuff. We practice those throws. Like – pre-game warm-ups I'm at the 50-yard line just launching them into the back of the end zone I'm running to my right running to my left putting my body in awkward position seeing what throws I can make and can't make so when push comes to shove I know like you know crunch time hey I got this like we knew if we got the ball to the at least our 40-yard line I can put the ball in the end zone and one thing I noticed about you as I'm looking at your tape you keep you always keep your eyes down the field now rather there's pressure coming at you I seen one how like it was pressure coming at you from both sides or whatnot you went up in the pocket you just keep your you keep your eyes down the field and get you get through your progression I did notice that from you from looking at you some of your tape I appreciate that yeah so a lot of the time I always got the oh he's a dual threat he's a dual threat watch him he's gonna run I'm trying to pass the ball man if you look at my passing stats compared to my rushing stats like they, they, my passing stats blow my rushing out the water. Um, like I, I think I had, I had nine and a half thousand passing yards in college and like 1500 rushing yards. And, you know, I, I always prided myself on being able to throw the ball down the field, like on the run. And that's what stresses defenses out the most. Cause now they don't know whether to drop or try to blitz. And if they do blitz, it's like, I got the ball out of my hand so quickly. Um, but yeah, just, you know, I like putting the defense in a bind and I've really benefited from, you know, my coach being a defensive coordinator and showing me what stressed out defenses. And um, yeah, that's, I really pride myself on that. Yes, sir. Man, I want to ask you more, this is my last one for you. What yeah. is about number 12? Like, when did you fall in love with that number, with the, with the number 12? <laughs> is it, what, you, what is it like? Is it because of Tom Brady or is it just because of Aaron Rodgers? I mean, I'm pretty, probably Tom I'll Brady. be on it. So, okay, so I grew up a Dolphins fan, so it wasn't Brady for sure. But I respect him. That's the GOAT, like, 100%. He got it. Um, actually, so my, my, my uncle's favorite number was 10. My mom's favorite number was 11. And my mom always had me wearing number 11, and I hated it. So I picked up number 12, and – I just made it my own. I always said it was like the one-two punch, which is kind of how my playing style is. Like I can beat you with my arm. I can beat you with my legs. 
Um, and then every sport I played, football, basketball, baseball, track, whatever, soccer, like no one ever, you know, everybody wanted the first 10 numbers. No, everyone was like, I want 12. And everyone was like, you can have that, man. So I made it my own. And, you know, I adopted like my Instagram handle is D12Angelo12. My Gmail is D12Angelo12. Like all my, and all my boys, if like, if I played football with you, that D12 or 12 or, you know, so yeah, I just kind of adopted it and, you know, made it my thing. Well, while we were well, speaking of 12, which 12 are you going with on Sunday? Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady? That's tough, man. I don't, we was talking about this actually the other day. So, good question. If, if, you know, don't get me wrong. They got, so the Packers offense is rolling right now, but they also just clamped up Michael Thomas. The Tampa Bay's defense just clamped up Michael Thomas last week. So, if they can do that to Devontae Adams, I don't know how well. And I know Rodgers is that man. He is a bad man for a reason. But, um, I feel like if they can, if the Bucks can get Fournette rolling, and they just have too many offensive weapons at receivers to for you to shut down one, they can shut down one guy. But then it's like you got three other monsters popping off. So I'm rolling with the Bucks just because I kind of want to see Brady get seven and him be labeled the goat. Like you know he's got six right now, so they're like, oh him and Michael Jordan. But if I feel like if he gets seven, he can go down as greatest all time for sure with no no comparison. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Hey, he got six with Bill Belichick, but um, I'm gonna turn go ahead and turn over there. I appreciate it, man. No problem. D'Angelo. Yes, sir. <laughs> man, I mean, what a journey, right? I mean, you saying For that sure. you, were, you know you got the call, you were gonna get drafted, and then you find out that they're gonna go a different way. I think you kind of basically kind of almost answered the question as far as you know what you did after you know you were not drafted. Um, so with that being said, when we look back at this year, right, call it whatever you want to call it, but we know it as COVID. What did you learn about yourself emotionally, personally, and, and most importantly, professionally? What, what, what have you learned? I mean, it's three phases, right? So obviously mind, body, and, and soul. Yeah. What did you learn about yourself? Um. I learned a lot about patience. That was my, that was my word. And, um, you know, I've been, I kind of always been the guy that like, you know, I did something, I got results, did something, got results. Like I put the work in in the off season, I got results in season. And then for me, I've been an athlete my whole life. Like I've been, I started playing baseball at three years old. I've been playing tackle football since I was nine. And like, you know, this is my first year not suiting up in the fall season. And, you know, that, I, I definitely, you know, it was some hard times, some, I don't want to say identity crisis because I've always had backup plans here and there, but football is what I love. So um, to go, to go from being like the guy at my school and then I had a bunch of friends on draft week. And then after that, you know, nothing and just kind of really, it really opened my eyes to, you know, who was important and who wasn't, you know, who was in my inner circle and, and stuff like that who was kind of just around to see if they could get a free ride. And I know that sounds cliche, but it, I looked at it as a blessing as it really showed me who my real friends were, like people that was going to ride with me regardless um, if I had money or not. Um, it actually helped my, it helped me get my feet going in with my personal training. Like I went to school for exercise science. So it's like, you know, to come back home and, and work at the gym that I, you know, I'm running and I'm doing about 95% of our workout protocols. And, you know, building, building my rep up as a great personal trainer as well. So like when I do decide to step away from football and if I don't go into coaching or something like that, which that's another option that's on the table, um, I definitely have this set up and I can hit the ground running when I am done with ball. Definitely. I'll be honest with you. I had some, I had some of them long nights. Like I'm a, I'm a beach guy and I take advantage of living 15 minutes from five, 15 minutes from it. So I'd go down to the beach at night, clear my head. Um, again, kill myself in the weight room. I don't, I'm not that guy that turns to all the craziness and, and stuff like that, man. I've always, I've always tried to find positive ways to release my like anger and stress. So yeah, man, beach and beach in the gym. <laughs> hey, hey, I'll tell you this, man, that right there is a good remedy for a, a, a stress reliever to, to say, right. For lack of a better term, 
So uh, I think that you've you took you've taken the the correct path as far as you know instead of just giving up on your dreams and your and and your hopes and dreams right of 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 being in a team not only being on your team but working your way up and I know I know that from what I've seen I mean your feet you have nice feet you have you have great footwork you know you, you like like Kendall alluded you have a nice you have a nice arm um, so let me ask you this. I'm a GM right now in the NFL, and I'm calling you, D'Angelo, and I'm going to ask you this question. What can you bring to my offense right now if I sign you? Uh, I'm a winner, um, and I, I try to say that in the most humble way possible. I don't like losing. I'm a bit of a sore loser, but in the way of, like, something doesn't click right, you know, uh, like, say we mess up a play in practice, I'm getting those guys afterwards and we're throwing like, Hey, you got to run this route. I need you to, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with staying with guys afterwards. Um, just the, the mental IQ of knowing what people are doing before they do it on defense. Um, I think that shows in my passing efficiency rating. Like I throw to win and I don't turn the ball over turnovers, lose games. I'm 43 and two as a starter. So when I say I'm a winner, I'm a, I'm a winner. And that's what I plan to bring into any organization. I mean, I think we've learned it this year, right? I mean, we've seen we've seen the the, the fall of, of many good quarterbacks. Uh, you know, Dak going down, and look at yeah. look at look at Drew Brees's uh, last last game. Philip Rivers decided to retire. You got two goats, right, playing in the NFC yeah. Championship. So shows you how important the position you play. It's Best a quarterback of, league. Yeah, it is a quarterback quarterback league. Best of luck to you, D'Angelo. You have a fan in me, and I will continue to root for you. And and uh, I, I know that I know you're going to make a team. I know this for a fact. Best of luck to you, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, D'Angelo, real quick before I let you go, where can our audience follow you on social media? Um, on Instagram, it's D12Angelo12. Um, on Twitter, D12Angelo. And yeah, I'll stick with those two. I don't usually give out my Snapchat like that. <laughs> it's all good. Hey, man, we appreciate your time and the best of luck to you. And we'll catch up with you down the road. All right, cool. Appreciate it. Thank you. Coming up next, we will give you our picks for Championship Sunday in the NFL. But first, a word from our sponsor. Whether you're flexing your faith or customizing clothes, Lambs of God Designs is a place to go. Check out the latest merch at lambsofgod.faith. Use the promo code EASTWEST to get 10% off your order. Now back to the show. Championship Sunday is here. Well, not here right now, but... Here in a couple of days, so let's go and pick the games. Starting off with the early game, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Green Bay Packers. Who is going to win the NFC? Hey, this is this is gonna be a good one, and I've been tossing the turning for the past two days. I don't know which way I want to go, and well, man, if if the Buccaneers and the Packers had to had to play early this year and if Tampa hadn't beat them as bad as they would have beat as bad they beat them, I would just went ahead and just say no I'm going with Tampa and there was no hesitation. I'm still going with Tampa, but I'm hesitating a little bit. It's just I'm just a little bit hesitant. I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with Tampa in the close one. I'm going thirty one to twenty eight. It's gonna be a field it's gonna be it's gonna be a nail battle. I'm going with a field goal. Tom Brady driving down the field late just they get a field goal. I'm going Tampa Bay. It is a tough game. I mean, you got Aaron Rodgers who, I mean, if Aaron Rodgers was on the Bucks team, hands down, they're going to win the Super Bowl. I mean, plain and simple. <clears throat> now, totally different situation, right? So, you know, what I what I was just trying to allude to was you, you can't match up the Packers defense against the Bucks. Bucks defense was light out, played lights out last week. Um, and then you have... Then you have Tom Brady, who made great decisions with the ball, didn't turn it over, and made great decisions with the ball. Buccaneers here. I mean, look, 
both great quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers is probably going to win the NFL MVP this year. And then the GOAT, Tom Brady. I mean, I just think this this Bucks team, I don't know, there's something to them. And I think they're a team of destiny. I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to beat the Green Bay Packers and make it to the Super Bowl. And they're hosting the Super Bowl. And they are hosting. So I, I believe they would be the first team to host the Super Bowl and make it. All right. And now on the AFC side of things, the Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is, is questionable for the game with the concussion. Who are we picking, gentlemen? Who do you guys have? Man, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. It's going to be a shootout. I'm going with the Chiefs. I'm going – I just think Patrick Mahomes, he's going to play. I mean, there's no way he's going to say this game. He's going to play. I'm going 34 to 38 Chiefs. It's going to be a shootout. The thing I want to see if the if the Bills the Bills defense is better than the Browns defense, but the Bills defense can't contain this Chiefs offense. These guys got four or five. You might want to consider Travis Kelsey a wide receiver. They got four or five wide receivers that can be like a number two on another team. They could be a number a number one on another team. I'm going with I'm going with the Chiefs 34 to 38. This is going to be a good one. I can't wait. Yeah, my family heard me cheering for Bills Mafia last week. That uh, I said it earlier. Uh, I'm going to be wearing the shirt on Sunday, so uh, Bills Mafia is going to pull up an upset over the Chiefs. Man, this game, this game right here is going to be something, I think. Man, both games are going to be just legendary. I mean, you know, I was talking about a team of destiny. I mean, that's what it feels like with the Buffalo Bills. I mean, just think about what an incredible season they've had. Um, you know, Josh Allen is from a town nearby called Fireball. So, hey, I mean, I got to go with Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills. I'm going to go with the upset. Nice. Thanks, Fidel. I, I mean, air five five on that one. <laughs> yeah. Now, of course, would I be surprised if the Chiefs win? No, I wouldn't be uh, surprised, I mean, but I'm I'm rolling with the high hand. I like Buffalo. Hey, hey, everybody, make sure y'all tune into this podcast. I might change my pick later on in the week. Oh, I'm sh- look, I'm sure the listeners that, you know, our <laughs> listeners are pretty aware about you switching picks <laughs> the week or the end of the week. So um, I, I think both games are going to be tremendous, though. And that's going to go ahead and wrap it up for this edition of the East West Football Podcast. For all your latest news and updates, make sure you go to eastwestfootballnetwork.com. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and also our new YouTube channel, eastwestfootballnetwork.com. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast, Back to the Arena, The Interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, The Interviews. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.